welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, go to PCAPaintEd.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all you non-members out there, sign up for our free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the Apple Store and Google Play. In today's podcast, we feature an episode from Ask a Painter Live with Nick Slavic. Ask a Painter Live, Saturday morning, we have favorite guest ever, Mauro Enrique from this old house. Hey, Mauro, we're going to, we're going to, I got to get through some introduction stuff here. Bear with me. We're going to dive into this. Uh, Absolutely. Introduction to you too. So, all right, everybody, Ask a Painter Live. I am Nick Slavic. I'm the proprietor of the Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Company. I'm also the host of this show, Ask a Painter Live. It's a weekly live Facebook show where I use my 29 years of experience uh, in the trades and my 14 years of running a business. Actually, this week is my 14th anniversary of owning a painting company. So oh. I know Mary, you've got a bunch of years on me <laughs> as far as the business goes. So, uh, But no, we, we basically answer any questions, talk about any topics. And today, you know exactly where, what you're going to get uh, because we have Mauro on. We're going to talk about this old house. We're going to talk about running paint businesses and, of course, Brazil. So... If you are interested in anything we talk about today, if you are interested in the openness and the sharing that people like me and Mauro do, uh, the Painting Contractors Association in the United States might be for you. There's a link in the bio there. We are having our monstrous expo, our exposition in March. It'll likely be 800 to 1,000 people there. All the people you know and love, the Sherwin, the Benjamin Moore, the Bear, the PPG, the Graco, the Titan, everybody's going to be there, and uh, it's always a good time. Also... Three days of member-driven content. So guys like us show up and we bring data and feelings from our business and share it with other people so that we do better. So uh, that'll be fun. So we're not going to waste any more time. Uh, Marl, listen, we know you from the painter of, the, of this old house, but what else do we need to know about Marl? Well, uh, as you guys know, my name is Marl Henrique. I own paint, uh, Mars Painting. Um, I've been in business as long as you were, Nick. Same, exactly same time. Um, and I also depended for the, the this old house and ask the old house TV show. We've been with those guys for almost 14 years. Um, and then it's a great experience. And um, I run my business like everybody else does there. Um, and that, that's all we do. That's what I love to do. Business is based in Boston, Morrow? Business is based in Boston, Somerville, Boston, Massachusetts. Um, I've been here for uh, 32 years. And wow. uh, this is hometown. So born in born in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Yes. Yeah, I was born in Sao Paulo, Brazil, um, <clears throat> and then I came to um, okay, America, North America, because we're from South America. Uh, <laughs> uh, I came here in 1987. Wow. Uh, I was gonna get here and learn some English and go, go back to the old country, but I taste the water here. Tastes good. I said, this is what I'm going to stay, you know. Uh, but I still going back off and on, my wife and I and the kids. Um, but, I mean, um, I solidate myself in Boston, which is like uh, a very, to me, is like very close from my hometown, Sao Paulo. Um, just like the, the look of the town and uh, it's just like my hometown, my old hometown. So this well. So it feels to me that, if and when a Brazilian comes to the United States, they go to the Boston area. Why do they go to the Boston area? Well, it's it's funny now. Um, like over the years, things changed a lot. Um, they used people used to come 
especially if you're from, from South America or Central America, they would go uh, to uh, uh, Miami, Florida, mm. a large uh, Spanish-speaking community down there. Uh, it would be easy for that, you know, for anybody from South America to get around and get a job, and you know, they wouldn't have any hard time with the language. Uh, but since then, um, when I came to Boston, there was like a half a dozen Brazilian guys here. There was like most of the Portuguese from Portugal, but not a lot, you know. Um, and then, you know, one guy bring, you know, a guy, a friend, to bring their families, and then that community is starting to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then all of a sudden, the language is not a barrier anymore, you know, because there's so many uh, businesses, Portuguese speaking um, and Brazilian speaking, because, and then people feel comfortable coming to this area. Um, so does in Florida. Is most of the, 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 the problem with uh, any immigrant is like the language, you know, is that, is that blocking the language, the barrier that you can communicate, you can get a job, you can buy a car, you can you know, do anything. But right now it's just, that's the reason you'll see a lot of people coming to the Northeast. Hmm. Northeast is like a big, huge Brazilian community around here. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. I think when I when I went up there for the Northeast tour of master's classes, I mean, we had one master's class where I think 30% of the entire class was Portuguese, Brazilian, things like that. And it's like, yeah, there's a there's a definite hotspot. And like you said, once you get a critical mass of a community there, yep. it makes it a natural thing when you have native speakers and things like that. So it's like it's, you know, it's very it's very easy to when you come to Boston, you're gonna find or Massachusetts in general, you'll find a lot of Brazilian stores, you'll find mm -hmm. a little uh, Brazilian mini markets, what they call you'll find restaurants all over the place. Um, and then, you know, it's like very easy for people, you know, to get what they need, um, from the old country because they can find almost everything around, around here now. There's no more hard time, you know, even the famous, uh, churrasco with this Brazilian meat store. There's, you know, there's meat <laughs> place you can go. <laughs> I know you love it. I know you've been there. You, you, you almost eat like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and, and snack. To Haskell all the time. You know, we're we're gonna get deep into Brazil later on. Boy, I have thoughts. I have lots of questions about that stuff too. But we we need to. So for me, watching this old house since a kid, uh, it's again, it's like I was that nerd who would watch New Yankee Workshop. Right. Yeah. Uh, I would watch this old house from a young kid. I would restore antique furniture in my garage as a. I was such a nerd. I told you this the last time I, I talked to you, but I would legitimately like pump my fist, yell at everybody to be quiet when a painter on this old house was on because we all love the carpentry. We all love the, the plumbing and the electrical and yeah. we love Roger outside. But when you actually saw a painter on, it'd be like three minutes, an entire season. You get to see the painter in a segment. And I was just like, I just taken it in. I was looking at everything and it was so cool, man. So again, watching yeah. you do that, it's like, you are largely representing every painter in the United States, and you do an insanely good job on this old house of that. <laughs> I, I I'm proud of this, and uh, and um, I started with the, with the, you know um, I first my first appearance was uh, the old um, the old segment of uh, the um, the New Yank Workshop with Norm Abram. Yeah. Uh, I was approached by this guy. I have no idea what the guy was. I just got a call phone call. Say, listen, um, you painting my daughter's house and. Uh, you did such a great job with the cabinets. I got a job for you. That's when I start with the, uh, uh, what was the last episode? 
and I worked with Norm Abram for three months. Wow. Um, had like absolutely 10,000 questions to ask him. It's <laughs> like, should I ask? Should I not ask? It's <laughs> like, but um, he was so nice and so quiet guy. Very, very meticulous. When he looked at it, I said, how the heck this guy knows everything? No set of plans, no nothing. He's out from the scratch. Um, and then, you know, we become good friends and I started to feel more comfortable work and talk with them. Um, and then we did a great job with the cabinets too. So, but I wasn't too great with cameras and talking. <laughs> so, it was like a funny thing because um, Ross Mirage was the founder of this old house and all these different shows, TV shows. He said to me, you don't have to talk. You don't have to do anything. All you got to show up, do what you do um, and, and be good. Don't, don't worry about it. In the middle of everything, <clears throat> he said, hey, get a mic on that guy. I need to hear your voice. <laughs> I said, who, who? What am I going to do? Just say what you're doing. You know, I said a bunch of stuff that uh, um, that came out of my mouth. And uh, and then at the end, it was good. And then uh, he said, you're going to get a call from uh, from Tom Silva, uh, with general contract from this old house. Um, and he's, he'll see your work. And he likes it. He want to give you a try. All right, so then, then Tom called me. I went to see a, a couple projects. I didn't get the, the the first one, but the uh, the second project I was in with the guys. And then, um, of course, when you're there, um, you just like, uh, should I do this? Should I do that? How will I say? How do I do? And then Tom approached me one day. He said, "Hey, don't worry about. Um, just just do what you do every day. Yes. Doing for a long time." Don't create anything. Don't invent anything. Just do what you do. Just do what you do, your normal thing. And that was easy. And yeah. I said, all right. So, you know, I, I was being myself there as a painter. I said, this is what I do. And this is how I'm going to, you know, show up, show you guys how I do it. And, and that was that was really good. And then as the years, all the days goes by, and I started to get more and more comfortable um, and talk to them, they got, you know, more um more of me they starting to know me better and and you know of course along the, the, the years the, the, the projects that we've done you you learn a lot from them mm-hmm. you know it's like i was painting and i was like constantly next to tom and that, that's another genius of the carpentry of the business and um he constantly come to me and say listen how, how do let me show you how to do this this is how i do it and this is what i want you to do so, all right, that's you know I have a lot of support from from them. Because that's awesome. It's a totally different universe when you get. It. So please, Maro, please tell me that they are yes. as cool and as genuine and as good as they seem on camera. Um, I got that questions almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, if they're not, if they're super divas and they're rude, don't even tell me because you know what? Ever since I was a kid, like I can't believe it, but it's like they just seem like the most genuine people on the planet. <laughs> Nick, they are super normal people. Um, the the only difference is like um, to me, they're a bunch of uh, um, uh, genius guys. They've been doing since. They've been doing this from day one. Tom has been, uh, Tom Silver, where I do a lot of the work. Um, he's been doing this since he was like eight years old. Wow. He learns from his father. And, you know, and and they they, they teach you. They show you. They don't hide anything. <clears throat> and they said, ask me any question you want. And during the, the day, you know, we laugh, we make jokes, we talk, we talk about this, we talk about just about everything. 
uh, they are not super divas. They are really tradesmen. Um, they've been doing this for their whole life, and uh, they are not afraid or shy of sharing anything they know um, with you or on TV. Whatever they see there, that's the way they were in the real life. You know, no, they are, are, man. They are just fun. Every single one of them, like everybody from Ask This Old House or This Old House um, and all this new stuff that's coming up with the show, um, they are very normal people, you know. Um, Kevin O'Connor is the host, uh, the producers, the cameramen. Um, at sometimes we all get together, we have beer together, we talk, we have a little food, we go out, um, and, and then we talk, you know, good stuff. And we all like a bunch of people that, um, looks like you know them forever. Yeah, know? that's awesome, man. It's, yeah, it's, that makes it's me a good feel- that yeah, the last thing I, I ever wanted to hear was that oh no, somebody somebody's not like they are on camera because it's like that to be like as people who have been around the trades a long time, yeah, yeah. When somebody is that good, like Norm and Tom and all that, it's like yeah. that comes from decades and decades of that and and being humbled by physics and by carpentry and by business and everything else and that creates a certain personality that's warm and inviting and you you can only want to then mentor the next group of people it's the people who haven't had those lessons they're the ones that are insulated off and cold and kind of you know we all know those those old trades people who are just kind of like grumpy old people absolutely yeah. an inviting thing that is not that and I, i'm so glad to hear that <laughs> but i think you know um when we're there when we're working out together um they constantly ask you hey um how do you paint this mm-hmm. how can i how can i help uh, can I do something? Let's do something. There. Let's say one thing. When we're doing spraying, we do a lot of spraying. Um, if we do um, something at the segment at this old house, or if we do in this old house, um, if I'm there spraying, or all my guys are there spraying, first one that wants to come and spray with us is Tom. Mm. Tom Silva loves spraying. <laughs> and I say, hey, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, can I, can I give it a try? <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, help yourself. I'm not gonna say no to you. Go ahead. That's awesome. Um, and and all of the guys, I said, hey, um, geez, that looks good. That it, it's like it's like a good supporting family of business tradesmen. Um, they respect you, um, and they um, they observe you all the times, and they if they don't say, hey, this is not how how we expect to get things done. They always say it looks good because they trust everybody trusts everybody everybody likes that you know the way things the manners that, that they treat the people out there you know my my impression has always been that i mean i think 43 seasons give or take yeah. like it's been around for 45 and 45 <laughs> so my my feeling is that this it, it has so much gravitas and it has so much trust and it's been so good and it's never become a joke of itself because my feeling is that not only are you guys all good, but you also run businesses. And that really makes you approach this whole thing differently. You, you, this this old house is not most of your main gigs. Like you also have to go and support a family by running a business. And that takes a lot of just honesty, uh, trust and all this other stuff. And you can't fake a lot of that. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, I always say, um, I always, this, my, my logo is like a painting project. If it doesn't look good, if it's not right, you will see it right away. <laughs> right. You're not going to wait like a month or two to find out that that paint job yeah. is not a good thing. That's not right to do it because you will notice right away. Um, 
the paint shows up and the results that if it's not good, anybody that hired you to get the job done, even if they don't know anything about, but they will, they will see it, you know, and, and, and then, and then by being in like three different places, like Astro's old house, this old house, and, and then running my business like, uh, like crazy, but it's just that, that craziness that I love. I, I love what if it, I just love about everything about everything. Oh. It's awesome, man. You, you run from you run jobs. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm running like five big jobs right now, and also I have to attend to this old house and and ask the house out, ask this old house a segment, but it's all it's it's what I'm not talking anything different when I got there. Yeah. I just finished something here on one of my jobs, and I'll be talking about the same thing that I'm going to my segment or my uh, something with them. It's just like, um, and when we get there, um, just use painter's words mm. okay use whatever say what you are doing say how you do and there's like many different ways to do things but this is way i like to do you know and and that's what people like to hear and like to um to listen learn from you like 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 you do your thing i i wish so now like obviously the this old house the big projects every year are kind of the flagship thing but yeah my god i wish that all of your ass this old house segments and all your content for the website was available when i was younger too because <laughs> i never saw another painter do their work like yeah. honest to god if if somebody's like you know i've i've painted bedrooms live as an instructional thing for people, but I've never done it as well as your 13 steps to paint a bedroom. It's just like simple, beautiful, concise. Now we all know that there's a million ways to skin a cat, right? But it's like, if you just do that, that was a beautiful little thing. And what a resource that's just free for the entire world, you know? I, I agree. I mean, before we don't, you know, when you and I, we start, you know, paint, we didn't have YouTube. No. <laughs> We didn't have internet. <laughs> we didn't have any TV. I mean, this old house was there, but there's not a tradesman like us. No. You know, painting, when I started learning about painting, was a big secret. I Nobody wants to give it away. Yeah. You know, nobody says, oh, you got to do it. You're going to learn by doing it. But I mean, they, I said, but, you know, what is the best paintbrush that I can buy? Where's the best paint that I can use? Do I need to use primer before? Do any what's in paper should I get in bit? None of those questions was get. I couldn't get any answer for that, you know. Um, but then we start, you know, you and me, we start showing people the right way to do it, the correct way to do it, um, with no gimmicks, no you know tricks, no nothing. This is the best way to do. It. This is a good sequence to do, and and people appreciate that. And it and you know, but like I said before. You and I, or a bunch of other professionals, there we learn by doing it, by yeah. our own mistakes. Correct, by our own mistakes. You know, but like I said at the beginning, the paint don't look good. You will see it right away, and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. That's why we learned. It's like a, a bunch of professionals there that I do a lot of other respect for the, the you know the trades. Uh, but before, right now is like what we're doing is like uh, telling people so. You're gonna save a lot of time and money, things that we didn't have the chance when we started. You know, there's no such a thing as somebody come and say, "Dude, buy this paintbrush. This is the good brush for you. You do your cuttings. This is the best paint sprayer, mm -hmm. the best roller. This is the technique you're gonna do." Everybody was hide something from everyone all the time. You know, don't. Sometimes I I approach other guys. 
and I'm trying to sneak in and trying to look at it and say, hey, get out of here. You know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, you know, along the lines of those lessons, like, you know, if you if you pick an improper system, process, tool, or coding for the outside of a house, and it fails really quickly, and you have to paint the entire outside of a house again, that's a lesson that doesn't escape you very much. Sure. Like, you, you know, that you, you feel that lesson, and you never want to repeat it again. I think that's why that, that we used to think that all these things were secrets, because with this knowledge, it felt like we've paid with blood, sweat, and money to get yes. these things. But really, we all thought we we're snowflakes. You were unique. Well, I'm the only one who's experienced this and I'm the only one who knows this. And it's like, it's ridiculous when you think about it, that we all buy the same painter's pants. We all buy the same paint. We all buy the same sprayers. There's no secrets out there. It's just applying some thought to it. You know, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you, um, you're going to pick up a line here and there. You're going to learn, but if you don't make that mistake, okay, you're never going to learn. No, <laughs> you have, uh, especially if you uh, get into something new, um, you're gonna you're gonna do like about two or three times, and then you say, "Well, I mean, I saw Nick doing this, but he did that way. I will try it this way. I'll see it that way. It works. It works, you know." And uh, I I see other painters. I I follow up with another painters, and and it looks every day. There's something new that's make more. Um, it makes a lot of more progress doing that way. Yeah, you know, I see all your work. I see how you do. I say, whoa, this, this is a good way to do. It. You know, no, it, it's an amazing resource now. Like, like you said, the guys at this old house, you are super open. That to me is the mark of a true master craftsperson. Yeah. Somebody that says, you know what? I'll give you everything I have, every bit of knowledge, knowing that you're still going to have to put the reps in because some things can only be learned through that. And and that's not a secret. I think that's everything, being a writer, being an athlete, being everything else, which is we can give you a diet plan. We can give you an exercise thing. Do you have enough grit to be consistent and do this over and over and learn those lessons? You know, that is right. That is right. I, I agree. A hundred percent is like, uh, um, since, you know, since TV was open with the, uh, with the painters, which we never had any, I never saw any other painter on TV showing you, Hey, <laughs> This is how you do. Hey guys, let's 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 talk about this. Let's give it away. Let's let's put it like people that not even need to be a professional painter, but homeowners that wants to get something done. Um, this is what ask this what house do. We go into the houses on the house calls, and we treat them uh, no from beginning to the end of every single little process how to mm-hmm. do it and how to do it the most effective way. That's not gonna break your bank. And uh, it is not going to take you that two weeks to paint a room um, and the best painting brush, the best roller, the best painting tray, um, how you clean up your brush after all, uh, how you can save your brush for the next painting project. Uh, th- those are the bunch of stuff that uh, uh, people do more painting than ever before. You know, not only painters, but uh, like everybody, like everybody loves to paint. And they don't want those principal stuff that they show. You show it all the time, and we show it all the time. At it. Um, they really like that. They, like I said, there's no more secrets. <laughs> well, and, and listen, again, thanks. I, I know I've thanked you already, but seriously, thank you for all those Ask This Old House segments. Like that is, there are so, there's so many resources out there that are free, professionally done, and by trusted. I mean, you are not a guy that they called the Screen Actors Guild and got a stand-in guy to do this. You are decades, decades of experience, a true yeah. 
professional showing the exact way to do it with a professional camera crew and all that other stuff. This isn't a quick run and gun TikTok YouTube (laughs) thing. Like this is finely crafted. And you, I mean, I've dabbled in a little bit of this making videos for 3M to get a, to get a 10 second video. That's an all day shoot with 20 people. You, yeah, you no, no, know no. much goes into a little segment of that. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, when we do filming um, anything with the Ask on Desert House, um, it's like a minute showing on TV. It's like an hour. It's like takes about one hour to prep everything. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> you, you see when you look at it, the, the behind cameras, there's about 10, 15 people there looking at you. Yeah. It's like, and, and then it's like, um, like it takes a long time to get those setups and 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 explain me explain how to do it and I don't do this, don't do that. Sometimes it's like four, five, six times doing the same thing. You know, I mean, it's like it's like it's like it's, but I mean, it's all like a bunch of uh, uh, professionals. Um, they are looking out for you, mm-hmm. and um, and they wanted to take the best of you there, and then they want to make sure that the most important is the audience, the people that's watching mm-hmm. it picked up the message and and, and see all the, the little details on every little scene um, that they will they will take it the paint job easily and they can get done just by watching it they can see you know how, how we do things do you have a favorite project you've worked on with them over the years it could be a this old house or it could be a, a, a flagship project it could be an ask this old house segment what's the what's the what's your favorite thing you've done with them? Um, I could say I got, I not only get one, uh, I'll start with this old house. My first, one of my favorite projects is the, the first one that I done with them. Yeah. That was like, uh, 2020, 2010, 20, yeah. 2010. Um, that was one, uh, which by being my first one with them, it was like a kind of a nerve racks when we got there, you know, <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of a really kind of a, it's, I laugh now, but then, you know, it's like, geez, it started to get all those people that you watch it all the time. And they come just by you, shake your hand. Hey, Marta, how you doing? Hey, you know, welcome aboard. And, and you know, but it was one of my first one because um, I I had a chance to match everybody, everybody at once in one project, in one That's day. Awesome. Um, and then my second one was like this old house again. It was like uh, uh, 2012, I think, was like the Cambridge project, uh-huh. which uh, which which was really really cool, kind of a fun project to work mm-hmm. on. You know, uh, which I helped uh, me and the designers, and then the color consultant. We all get those meetings like three times a day. <laughs> we try and colors, and we come up with a beautiful <laughs> colors for the whole house. It was like that was like one really really cool one. Um, I, like I said, I don't have one project that I like, you know, for different reasons. I like this one, and then I like the other one for um, some other stuff. But and then um, for Ask This Old House, it's like that was like 2009 um, mm. when I did my first uh, house call uh, was a um, repainting a, uh, a metal bulkhead door mm. uh, with, the, with the homeowner. So that was like my very, very first one. Um, that uh, I consider it. It's all like you always take to me. I always take where where was the, the first one, you know, very first project that I done with them, and that 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 
cap, you know, that goes into your memory. Like, this is, this is how I got here. And that was like a kind of a special one for me. And then there's a lot of, you know, the couple other ones that I, I do. But I mean, that one is the very, very, very first that I, that I can't forget. You know, well, I, lo I love it, man. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Absolutely. How is, how is running a business right now? I feel like, you know, over the last 18 to 24 months, it's been, you know, global pandemic, that's number one. And then in our world, paint shortages, right? Like we're running into that stuff too. Now there's surcharges and now the <laughs> yeah. labor force seems weird and there's unemployment for people who had jobs. I mean, like, so right now, how is it? How is business, Mauro? Well, business, um, what I have seen for last year and this year, never been so confusing like right now. All right. It's like it things doesn't run. Every day is different. So, yeah. you know, like before all this this pandemic and stuff, you could plan everything for the next two, three, four months, six months ahead of you. Mm -hmm. uh, right now it's like there's tons of work to do, a lot of work to do. Um but I mean, that's not happening with you know with, with us. Uh, people are shortage of, uh, of works people, worksmen. You know, um, or either they come short with the materials that's starting to pick up on the painting business. Um, but it is, it is good, and it's not good because you don't know what's going on in the next couple of months. Oh my, you know. Right? I, Maro, listen, you. This is how I know you're a genuine guy, because honestly, when people ask me that question, I say confusing as well, because it's yeah. like you're looking at all these market indicators. The stock price of all the major paint companies have doubled in the last 18 months. Yeah. Demand has never been higher. Unemployment is super low. There's almost there's not an easy way to find a ready supply of labor. Exactly. It feels like there's just free money floating around everywhere. Yes, and I agree. And it feels like you hear about the great resignation where 66% of all people are going to find another job. Yeah. Housing prices are super high. And you're just like, I don't even know what to do with all this stuff. Like it's just exactly. normally all the things that we look to like, okay, if interest rates go high, unemployment goes up so that it makes it easier for us to find people, but then it's harder to find leads for our business. But yes. it feels like right now we're just getting a whole bunch of like weird indicators. And like you, it's like, listen, Thank God that there's demand for what we do. And yes. as soon as that keeps going, I am going to grit through. We're going to press through and we're going to do all the basic things right. And we'll just, yeah, a couple months, two to four months from now. Who knows, man? Who knows? Who knows? It's like we have this fluctuation. You know, it's like it's nothing steady. It's like, you know, for our business, I look at it. I, I get, you know, a bunch of works lined up. But I mean, um, let's put it this way. I was doing a project um in in concord massachusetts um these people chose a uh a, a color some colors very dark colors and for the line that for the line uh, the paint line that i like to work i go to my guy at the paint store and say dude I, listen i got this this and that he said i can get to this but i cannot get you the darker color because mm -hmm. i don't have the base to make that color and i don't know when we're gonna have it <laughs> that's what you don't want to hear and and then it, that puts in a situation that well, what are we saying we're going to limit the colors now because we don't have the base or we don't have the production line going you know at the at the, at the paint manufacturing um, and then when you ask them if you're going to have like, give me give me a ballpark it's going to be a week it's going to be two weeks 
uh, we don't know. It could be a day. It could be a couple of weeks, but we don't we don't know. That puts you in a position to say, uh, what do I do? I think it's it's a really good lesson in we take a lot of stuff for granted, right? Yes. Like yeah. the the we so the two biggest things that we that most paint business owners struggle with are finding jobs and finding labor all and, the time. And those things are usually in in they're usually opposed to each other. Usually when jobs are easy to find, labor's hard. Labor's easy, jobs are hard. And yes. we always deal with that. We know we're going to deal with that. But Mauro, did you ever think in your many decades that you could not buy paint if you had money? No. No, of course. No. I, Absolutely. No, I cannot believe that I, I seen those days happening right now in front of me. You know, even I sometimes I go to the paint store and I see shelves where supposed to be a lot of paint there, completely empty. The other day, I, I was looking for a, um, um, like a Durabond 45. Yep. <laughs> I went to the paint store. My guy said, oh, I don't have any. <laughs> I was like, what's, what's going on? And then I, I grab a paint can, right? I grab a paint can and, and the lead, the cover was made of plastic. I said, what do, what's, what's going on? What's those metal paint cans? You know, cover. What's the lead? Is it? Oh, the you know the manufacturer ran out of uh, uh, um, uh, metals to make the cover. You know, to make the top. I said, well, what, "What are we gonna end up with this?" It's like, and uh, this is little thing here, little thing that, and then you starting to hear some stories, and then it's like kind of say, "This is this is has this makes no sense. It's making no sense for us right now." Because like you said, we are painters. We are looking for jobs every day. Yeah. You know, we got to keep up the cruise mm -hmm. running. We got to keep up with the schedule. You got to keep that money coming in because you got a lot of bills to pay. And and we're looking for jobs. Well, our jobs doesn't last five, three, four months. It's like a week, week and a half, most of yeah. them, two weeks. Yes. And then after that, you got to have that lined up jobs ready to go. Because other than that, we fall into something else. So people, we don't keep your guys busy. They'll be looking for something else to do. You know, because they want to be working all the time. So our positioning at more likely this time is really hard. Yeah. And it's interesting. Yeah. We're, we're certainly having to deal with a lot of things that we kind of took for granted. The one shining light through this all is that honestly, thank God demand is high. Like it, it's, it's like the jobs are there right now. So what you never hear painting contractors complain about, unless they're legitimately in their first year of business is I can't find any jobs. Like right now for guys like you and me, it's almost a problem. Like we can't, yes. man, you know, like when somebody calls up and says, Hey, we're one to four weeks out for an estimate because we have so many lined up, they get angry at you. And they say, that's BS. I'm moving into my house in three weeks. I need the whole thing painted. It's yeah. like, yeah. I want to help you. I want to help you. I legitimately want to. But there's 71 people that have estimates on the schedule before you. You know, it's like I don't know. It's it's it's, it's like incredible right now. Um, and most of the time, um, what I've been learning lately, that people's uh, some people even said, "Hey, um, I don't even want an estimate. I know that you work here. You work for my friend. You work there." Um, can you start it as we go and then we start talking money, but I need to get it done. Mm, I need yeah. to get it done. And then most of the time I say, Hey, I, like I said, I buy in a house and I move in in two weeks and the whole thing needs to get painted. Um, but the problem is you get things going already. And then you try to accommodate that because you do not want to lose that business. Yeah. That business will lead you to another business. For guys like you and me, 
yeah. a missed opportunity or not getting a client happy, honestly, is like yeah. the worst thing you could do to us. And almost to a fault, we've probably, we've probably sacrificed our family's time and, and other people's time in order to, to please these people. But it's another thing that makes us successful too, which is that drive exactly. to accommodate and make people happy. So exactly because once you get a good, once you get a referral, when you get to the point, when you get to meet the people, they already know everything about you. Yeah. Yeah. They, already, they already know everything. They have uh, all your information. And they, they, if they, a lot of people said, if I'm calling you, I heard about you. I heard some friends use you for some project and uh, we really want you. Okay. I uh, said, so, but I mean, uh, how can you say no to this? I know it's, it's the worst thing. And, and we really stress ourselves out and that's what drives us to, that's what, that's what drove probably you and definitely me years ago. Cause it's like, as a single person painter, you can only help so many people a year. And you know, yeah. when, when, as we age, we're not going to become that much more productive. So all of a sudden you're seeing like, I'm capping this out and people are turning away elsewhere. So then we start growing our workforce and then the demand still never goes away. Like I have the same lead time right now with all of our people as I did when I was a single person painter. And yeah. that's, you know, it, it's an amazing, yeah, it's an amazing time to be a contractor, which is good. Now it, it comes with, you know, the good and the bad, but I feel like, you know, as we navigate the last 24 months or so, I've noticed a change in the clients. It feels like they don't plan as far ahead and they're very interested in getting you in and out of the house. So scheduling is an issue. Are, are you seeing any um, patterns that have changed within your clients in the last 24 months? I, I do. I do see a lot of it. Many, um, many different reasons that I never expect to see it at, you know, uh, at this time. Uh, when this whole thing started, the pandemic, I said, well, we're not going to have anything to do. Because people don't want us inside the house. People are afraid to have like five, ten guys outside of the house. You know, it's like it's gonna be um it's gonna be a little crazy. Uh, but everything went on the reverse on the other way around. So um, and then all of a sudden we starting to go inside of the houses again. And uh, and like I said, people don't want to the wanna you to tell them, listen, this job is gonna take about three weeks. He said, no, 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 no. That job needs to get done in about a week and a half, the max two weeks, right? And then you have to scramble yourself. They're bringing people inside because you already get things going out there. Uh, there's, there's a difference. People, uh, <clears throat> clients lately, they don't want to wait to, for your, they don't want to hear about your schedule. Right? Yeah. It's like two weeks or three, three weeks or a month I can get here. No, they don't want that because they say, all right, we want you here next week, and we want out of here a week after that. Yep. This is what I've been dealing a lot. So I have to be moving guys and girls all the time because I get, you know, um, I got to go what the demand is right now. Uh, other than that, you know, it's a good, you don't want to lose that project. It's a good project. You know, like you said, you're going to, they, they're going to introduce it to friends or whatever. Um but you just don't want to let go because you, like I said, we don't know what's going on next month. Yeah. We don't know what's going on the, the, the two months after this. It's kind yeah. of a... It, I, I don't know. Oh, sorry, Mauro. It, it always feels like every day I wake up and I have this horrible feeling. And I, I thought maybe it was just because I'm a Minnesotan. But it's like this 
I feel like if I don't do something today, this is all going to end in six months. And I think that's a perpetual feeling where it's like, we got to make sure that job's lined up. Winter's coming. Right. We got a workforce. All these families depend on us. All these clients yeah. want us. And it's that, it's that drive. I constantly feel like this will dry up and blow away if you're, right. if you're not intentional with it. <laughs> I, 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 I do the same way, but I, I got this to myself. You know what this is? Um, that, that shows that um, we are a bunch of professionals. And you learned uh, when the times are tough, when you don't get much to do. Yep. Um, and then that goes into you. You say, listen, I've been there. Um, it doesn't, it, it's going to affect the business a little bit. I'm going to have to reschedule things here and there, but uh, you have to go for it. Yep. You know, you have to go for it because like I said, right now it's everything, you know, it's ups and down, ups and down. And every time you turn on the TV, there's something new. And there's something that you don't. I said, all right, well, all we gotta do, we gotta do it. You gotta take it. You gotta take it. You know what I mean? I, I, I honestly, Nick, I, I can't say no when you know uh, because, especially during the winter. Winter here, oh, yes. winter. It's like man, <laughs> winter. You gotta get everything you can, you know, in order for you to keep up that flow of money coming in, and you know, and then you gotta keep up your guys busy all the time uh and then it's like it's like you're, you're thinking ahead all the time like painters is like uh, i gotta find another job for next month i gotta find another job for next week i gotta keep this crew going i gotta move those people around um and and that it's not you, sometimes you get like say oh jesus what am i gonna do you know <laughs> but, but the thing is you can't you never learn to say no i don't want to do this job I don't want to get that. I don't have the time. I don't have the main power. I don't have the, I had, I got to take my Saturday and Sundays off. That thing for me, doesn't exist for the last 30 years. You know? That's what it feels like. Right. And because we have been through, I started my business during the last great recession and the housing crisis. Now we've been through a pandemic. Those lessons that cost us blood, sweat, tears, and money, those don't leave you. And, and we're always cautious of, of resting on our laurels, right? Like we're always, I think I'm always fearful of getting comfortable, right? And you take something for granted, like being able to buy, and all of a sudden you're dealing with it. And it's just like, never be comfortable. Always be, always be on the no, lookout for no. yourself, right? <laughs> no, no, that's right. That is at the right, at the right words that it's never comfortable. When you think you're comfortable, um, I I I don't I don't feel comfortable thinking about that I'm comfortable. I don't right. Because <laughs> then you want to take some time off. You said, "Oh, I got everything lined up. I'm all set. I'm ready to go. I'm going to take." I I don't. I'm you know my brain my with my business working all the time seven days a week. It doesn't matter what other people say. You got to take a break, man. You you know. Um, I said I got things. You know, I learned that on my own. When you have your business. Um, you're going to take a break. Yes. When you stop working, when you said I'm retired, even though you're still working, but I mean, you're going to slow down. But during this time, um, you, you, your brain will say to you, don't, you, you, you got to go, man. You got to go. You got to go. Don't, you know, and you got so many things to do that if you don't do it that day that you want to do at that time, that thing is going to pile it up, you know, yeah. and, and, and he's accumulated. You're going to, it's confused. It's all confused, especially being a business owner. Um, and um, at this time of the year, the time of the, the, the war that's going crazy with this, all this happening, 
but every day um we gotta adjust ourselves every single day not every day is the same it's like sometimes i woke up in the morning i said whoa you know i, I don't know if i'm gonna have time to get this done today uh, but you do have to you do yeah you do because winter is knocking the door right there <laughs> you know, winter's coming and uh and i got like a few projects for the next year to get complete like you know get a, another three four jobs that i got um gotta get it done and um and then like it's like it's really like a very complex way everything we do because you don't want to you gotta get it done you gotta get it done with that that high grade quality that you know you do your project and um but it's like we gotta fight every day you gotta fight every day painter's life is not easy i tell everybody it's not an easy thing to do we depend on everything we depend on the weather if you rain we can't work if it's snowing, we can't work if it's too cold we cannot work you know on the exterior project so i used to i used to always i mean just like every entrepreneur and every tradesperson you always think the grass is greener somewhere else right you always think man you know especially when you know you're finishing up that last exterior of the year and you see some snowflakes in the air and your hands are cold and you're up on an extension ladder and all this other stuff and you think man i should have just had like a marketing job and sit in some office but then you get together with with some of your peers and friends and you meet that guy who's a mid-level executive doing marketing he hates his life he hates it he just he's just the same thing we complain about. He's like, man, I would kill to be outside two days a year to do any of this stuff. Yes. I can do the same. Everybody's got the same complaints everywhere about everything. And I, I think for guys like you and me, we actually found something that's deeply satisfying. That yes. It's this itch that you could never fully scratch. It's like I, yeah. I woke up this morning thinking about this old house, thinking about your projects there. And it's like, I would paint today if I got a chance. Like I would, I would legitimately, if, if we didn't have family, if I didn't have all this other stuff to do, I would love to just put in eight and a half hours restoring something old. Like that's an itch, man. We can't scratch. I love it. You can't, you can't. It's it's in the blood. What I told the guys, it's in the blood. I mean, when I when I came when I came uh, um, um, to America, North America, um, I like to be. You know, my dream used to be like a carpenter. Yep. Yep. I know. Uh, my father was like a handman, and he used to do everything. And then he loved tools from from uh, from the United States. He said every good tool comes from North America, and you you couldn't touch any of his tools. You know, he won't let anybody touch it. And then, but he likes he loves to do like repairs and stuff like that. And I watching that, I said, "Well, man, this is a good thing to do." And when I came to America, I said, "I'm going to be like a carpenter." But uh, two weeks after that, and I said, ah, "That's not my thing." you know and then um like i tell about my story so i work with this my boss and my boss said though the painter didn't show up and i got two days to deliver this house he was flipping houses um, <laughs> and i said <clears throat> excuse me he said can you paint it and i said oh give me that brush it was hard to do right <laughs> is that me i'll give you two days it took me five days <laughs> <laughs> to paint three walls and three windows wow <laughs> uh, everything back then was oil based painting but then oh, yeah. uh, then i come home and i said to my wife i said you know what i love what i've done today and mm -hmm. uh, yeah next day or the day, day after they said i still like what i'm doing she said uh, well i mean if you like it you know you do what you gotta do and then i said you know what forget about it. i don't want to be the carpenter anymore and that's when i started to fall in love with the paint and i love it i love what i do I love when you, because it's 
we do we do transformations at no matter of time. It's mm -hmm. fast satisfaction right away. Um, and then um, and then that's what I, I started the business. And then what I still love and I do, I never regret the, you know anything that's being a professional painter and work with different colors, different people, different places all the times. Uh, but it's but it's like you know you gotta be you gotta like be professional, be true with the people, uh, with the customers and everything. And everything happens, you know. So we 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 need to talk about Brazil because yes. uh, uh, I I get very self conscious about a lot of things about Brazil because you are Brazilian you were born in Sao Paulo and I'm sort of like I've been to Brazil twice now and now people come to me and they're asking me a lot of questions and I feel like they're asking me to represent like America and Brazil in this stuff and I'm like listen you guys have no idea. There's guys like Mauro. There's guys like Rodrigo Vasconcelos uh, from Palette Pro Painting in New York. There are hundreds of Brazilian painters in the United States who are running big businesses, doing great things. But because I'm a loudmouth on social media, people kind of want me to speak for it. And I don't feel comfortable doing that. Like I'm just this person who goes and I had some weird opportunities to meet people there. And it, I fell in love like it's a second home. And we were talking before this thing about the differences uh, in, in, the, in the cultures and the landscape and the trades and all this and that. In, in 2018, I made my first trip and it was basically just, I'm going there with eyes wide open. I'm gonna be very honest with you. You've probably run yeah. into this a lot. Yeah. I thought it was Spanish speaking five years ago down in Brazil. Everybody does. You guys Very speak Spanish. <laughs> Everybody thinks you guys are Spanish speaking, yeah. and even yeah. even me getting prepped for that, I was like, "Well, listen, I got a I got a relatively good, you know, Spanish speaking. I can say four sentences." They're like, "Nick, you don't understand. That's not even the language you're going into down there." So for me, the first trip was eyes wide open, people, places, things. I just want to experience it all. The second time that I just got back from, I really went deep into the business, the trades, cultural differences. And when I went down there, I, I was trying to find out the things that make us different. And really what I came away with was the things that make us the same. I, I got to visit, I think, six states when I was there and I met probably 500 different painters. And we had these great sessions where we got them all together. And instead of saying, hey, what food do you eat? What language do you speak? What kind of brushes do you use? Now it's like, what are your daily concerns? What do you think about? What's the yeah. friction points? Yep. The coolest thing that I came away with, Mauro, was yeah. they have all the same complaints that United States painters do. It's all the same thing. It's like, where's all the good people? We train them and they leave. The, the material shortages and things like that. And I came away. I don't know what I wanted. I think I wanted some miraculous thing. Like they did, they do these things differently and they get a crazy different thing. And then we're going to change the United States industry. But I really got humbled because on the plane ride home, long plane ride home, I was like, of course they would have the same problems. We're all human beings and we're all doing this thing. We are going to experience the same amount of problems. So for me, it was almost this comfort of like, oh, so we're still not unique. Even, even North America to South America, we still have the same problems. Nobody's getting by easy, Mark. <laughs> no, not really. Um, but I mean, once you get there, you can see um, the, a lack of opportunity for them. Mm -hmm. Everywhere you go, um, lack of um, a good money making, a a good uh, respect for the profession, um, and then um, materials mm -hmm. or tools, um, 
I'll tell you a little bit of a, a, it's a long story, but I'll make it really short. Yeah. Um, when I, you know, I used to go to Brazil every year with my wife and the kids and stuff. Now it's taking me a little longer because I, I'm no longer can be away too far from, from, from the business and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing I learned, I, I asked, because every time I go there, I was going to talk with painters, of course. And I, I talk with the guys. I say, guys, what's, what's the huge demand here down in Brazil? You know what they tell me? A good paint and brush and a good paint sprayer. That's what they told me. The paint brushes that I went, I, first thing when I got there, um, I used to go to the paint store and see what they had there. Um, and then I never could find a affordable, uh, good paint brush or a good paint sprayer so the guys could produce and make yes. some money. Um, that was like one of the biggest things that I saw there because there's plenty of work. Yes. But there's no, um, there's no source. There's no, it's not really accessible because it's really expensive, expensive. And, um, and you can't find everywhere like we do here. It's really interesting because, you know, like the first time I went down, people are like, Nick, you don't understand. We can't get Purdy. We can't get Wooster. We can't get any of this stuff. I'm like, oh, come on. Everybody complains about that. We got a guy down in Alabama who says, oh, you can't get this. You can't get that. And but when you go down there, you realize like legitimately when you look at the display of brushes, they are chip brushes. There is no, there is no beautiful nylon bristled brush. It it is brushes that you and I would put paint samples on for that designer and then throw them away. And that's what they're using every single day. And it's like, oh my God, you weren't lying. You legitimately can't get professional tools like that, or you don't have access to them here. You don't have that. You don't have like over here. If you go to a paint store, there's one in every corner, every corner, you can find a paint store, find a home center. You go there. When you go to the painting aisle, it's like huge. There's not only one manufacturer. There's like 10, 15, yeah. all different sizes, different uh, uh, manufacturers with the different uh, materials. And this brush is good for this. It's good. When I sat to the guys there, when I go, when I buy my stuff, it's confusing for us, for me, because you get so many to choose from. Yeah. That, you know, you will... You obviously you're gonna have your preference one. You're gonna like this kind of brush here, but it's like it's huge, guys. It's huge. I said, and this one of the big huge problem because when I when I went there, I I brought like a um, one time I filled like a one bag of paint and rollers, right? Different sizes, different uh, thickness, uh, paint and brushes, um, and then roller extender, the pole, like the pole. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> When I got there, there was a fight. Yes. If I get like into, you know, some some guys I know, there was a fight mm-hmm. to see uh, who's going to get what. And I ended up giving one of it for everybody that was there. And um, and the guy said, you know what? I'm not going to even use this brush on my paintbrush. I'm going to just skip it. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to skip because I never saw a paintbrush like this. I never saw a paint roller. A painted roller frame, I never see. And they don't have anything like that. It's, you know, it's, by now, by now they might have some, but 
it's still not there yet. It's the lack it's of not there. And yeah, it, so it's been explained to me that uh, Brazil, Brazil is very protective of its own industries. So yes. they tax the living daylights out of stuff and have tariffs to the point where it's like you can get a Graco 390. But I mean, Marl, for you and me, we go to our paint rep and we really lean on them. It's 700, good. 750 bucks. We can get gun, hose, 390. Yeah, hand. $3,500 US dollars in Brazil is what it takes to get a 390. I went to every paint store. We went to four paint stores a day and they would have one on display. And it was like guarded because it's like a thing that nobody has and everybody aspires to. Legitimately, the dollar to dollar conversion is $3,500 yes. for a basic sprayer. And, and, and that, and you know, so that at least you can get a Graco 390. I did not see Wooster, Purdy, or anything else. They, they didn't even have access. It's not like even if you have the money, it's just not available. So it well, to me, it's again huge things you take for granted. Like, oh, we always Mara, you would love this. Painters love to just, oh, is it Wooster? Is it Purdy? Is it straight? Is it angled? We we argue about these things when these people right. are just, just give me any of them. I would take the best. I'll take the tippest brush from the United States. And that I'll consider that gold. Give yeah. me your old brushes. I don't even care what they are. Just say, they you know. Good. They good. So I, I love that you also smuggled things in because now I have taken check bags with as many yeah. painting tools as I can there, legitimately for that reason. And yeah. uh, sanders and everything else. And uh, yeah, it's amazing that, uh, yeah, if I was a little smarter, I'd buy a bunch of iPhones and flip them down there and pay for my trip every time. But uh, I don't want to get in any trouble more. <laughs> That's not what I'm here to do. So <laughs> no, I mean, um, it's, it's, it's that, it's that our normal day or what you can find anything you want. You can, the most important, it's affordable for us. Yeah. Yep. And when you get down there, I get really, um, I said, I, I, I talk with the guys on the phone. I say, guys, uh, what kind of brush do you guys use? You know, was it, well, most of the stuff there is like concrete and stucco. Yeah. Most of the construction yep. down in Brazil that requires an even better product to work on it. It's not wood. It's like. Uh, you know, it's all mas masonry, and but um, the workmanship is like perfect. It's beautiful. The guys are a bunch of artists down there. Yeah. But they don't have access to any of those good stuff that will make their lives really easy, and they can do a lot of more productive uh, work, and they they can make a lot of money faster. But the and everything is like when they get access to something, it's something that they can afford. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, minus, so there's always that, uh, there's always the non-access or the high price of stuff. Um, one thing we won't get into, but it should, we should mention that there is basically, as far as I can tell, a hundred percent employment tax down there too. So if you hire somebody for, you know, $20,000 a year, you, you owe the government another $20,000 in these taxes. And yep. you start getting into the reasons for that and how it's used and everything. And it just, it's so different. Like we, again, People love to complain about the United States government <laughs> and, and fine, do that. But you have no idea what other people around the world are putting no idea up. At all. No idea it's at all. I, I think this is, um, I've been, I've been to some places in Europe um, where I have some, I used to have a cousin in Italy um, and saw all the part of the world. So people that works for me long time ago, he has his own business in New Zealand, Australia, mm -hmm. and they kicked that very strong. Um, and they, we constantly talk and contact and they said, dude, you have no idea how much we learn 
over there and we are flying here the guys think we're a bunch of heroes but the tools that we have in here is not even comparable anything to you can find the cheapest uh, uh paintbrush in the united states it's like it's it's very hard it's very hard but that that's what's going on there if you can afford you can you can afford you know so the the other thing that I feel really self-conscious about, and I, I don't have a, I feel like I need to have a little more evolved thought or, or, or a progressed thought than this, but it always feels to me like my natural reaction coming from where we are now is, listen, arguably, you know, there's maybe 330,000 painters, 350,000 painters in the United States. Brazil, there's 1.1 million, as far as I can tell, as far as the, the data will tell you. And like you said, the biggest problem is opportunity. Um, most painters get paid the equivalent of somewhere between four and eight dollars an hour in Brazil. That's sort of like dancing around the Brazilian minimum wage. Yep. You could legitimately bring somebody here and 5x their pay, even as starting with no experience. And But it's almost like this patriarchal thought I have, which is, open up this pipeline of, of labor to bring people here to get that opportunity. But that's kind of like, I don't know if that's a gross thought. I don't know if, if saying we can help you, we can do this, will save you from this country because I don't think the country's that bad, but also you're dealing with these economic realities of like, no, legitimately, if somebody came to Minnesota right now, I could pay them four to five times more. They would have to do nothing else. And arguably what I've seen you could make an argument that the Brazilian painter is a little bit more passionate than the United States painter about what they do. And that would be a great thing for them and their families, but also telling somebody that you want to take them from their homeland and their country here for a better opportunity is a weird thought. And I don't know how to think about it. So how do we reckon this? Well, I, 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 I see it this way. You know, When you go to Brazil, let's say um, you don't have much chance to go to a college. Mm. Very hard. Almost impossible to go to it. Is it like really rich you can't afford it, or you're very smart and you go partial? Um, and then what's left to do? Oh, I'm gonna work in some industry. Or I'm gonna work in the construction. I'm gonna become like a a, a a masonry guy. This is what left for you to do. And then unless you want to be locked in in one of those big factories there, uh, but if you get some um, um, some artistic inside of you, you're going to be like a painter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But this is what left for you to do. There's no much. If you don't have access to a good college education, most of the Brazilian is really hard for it. You don't find that chance there. Uh, and uh, that's where you're going to be to the construction sites. You're going to be looking for jobs that doesn't require much education. But on the other hand, you're not going to be recognized as a professional unless you're really good and it's not your own business um and that's that's the difference over here in america um i believe every profession is you can make a, a, a very decent money once you got into a deeply and start yeah. to learn the business and you start to say listen i'm gonna work seven days a week whatever it takes because this is how America works, in mm -hmm. my opinion. You can't have time to be home sitting down and waiting for something to happen. Um, you got to go offer. You got to go after. You got to look for it. You got to for it. You got to go for it. Mm -hmm. And even down, I'm just comparing the two, the two, the two, the two countries. Down there, 
sometimes even if you get that that uh, that eager to go for it you don't have the chance mm, that's a really yeah you know what maybe that's you may have summarized my this feeling that i can't really articulate very well which is i think it's that when i go down there i think there's this like inner tension in me i feel like i think it comes down to if i had to re relocate my family to sao paulo and start a painting company I feel like it would be way harder to make a living there, even as a professional, than in the United States. I just feel like everything is here for you in the United States. Can you wake up early enough and, and do enough grit? All the information is free. The government actually feels like they want to help you start a business in the United States. It just doesn't feel like that in Brazil. And maybe that's where that inner tension in me is coming from, because nothing like we talked about, nothing eats at me more than a missed opportunity or yeah. somebody limiting you from the outside. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's well, it. It's funny. It's funny that you said that because you went there. You, you, you know, you were born here. You know all the system. You know uh, where to get jobs. You have... Um, you educate yourself and what you like to do, which is paint business. You're a very successful uh, uh, businessman. It's easier here. But like I said, you just got to go for it. There's no time to waste. In Brazil, even if you have that bunch of time, it's harder, really hard for you to start a business because there's so many people doing the same thing. Mm. It all becomes like a problem with uh, education or um, there's no money there. There's, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to get a job and it's hard to make money out of that. Hmm. You know? I feel like there's one that the problem I, you know, being naive and starting this process years ago, I was like, listen, me and every other paint business owner in the United States would charter a jet and fill it with the happiest Brazilian painters and bring them over here anytime we can. Why yeah. doesn't that happen? Because the, when the Brazilians describe what it takes to get outside of their country's border legally, it feels like a mountain that you that only a few people summit. I mean, I we we complain about the immigration system in the United States, and yeah. honestly, I feel that's the easiest hurdle to get over as far as somebody from Brazil coming here. I feel like their country is is way more protective or puts up more hurdles than we do. And I don't know, you've done it. Uh, is that is that the truth? Um, I would say a a big chunk is is is, is what happens down there, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, but the hardest part is like I see in it, um, is like getting to the United States. Mm -hmm. Even mm -hmm. though if you're like full of good intentions, you want to come to work because everybody knows this is the land of opportunities. Mm. You know? If you work hard, things will happen. Uh, and there's a lot of more chances here for um, some people, some immigrants, that they would be looking for a better life. They're looking for a, a work. They want to get their family growing up healthy mm. in a good way that they can be someone, uh, something at the future. And But um, down in Brazil, is really, you don't see, uh, I think people, most of the time, they lose the hope of uh, of a better because we down there they promise so much oh we're going to change oh we're going to change this oh we're going to change that but if you go there now and then from years from now it stays the same way you know and then when they come to america north america, united states they find a a job very easy mm -hmm. very easy to find a job but like you know every, every trade or everything because um 
in my opinion, the way I see it, um, things here never stops, never gets stagnated in that point. The, the ball keeps rolling, and rolling, and rolling. You know, it's 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 going to be some tough years. Oh yeah, it's going to be some recession. Oh yeah, but it, it doesn't stop. It keeps going. You know, and housing and construction, especially housing and construction, is like no stop. And right, and and it's but when you go to uh, for you to have an idea how things works down there, you have to go there by mm. me saying and talking and have this conversation, or or someone else come or watching TV news and stuff like that. You are not gonna have the whole feeling like you had when you're there because you are physically seeing it and you talk with the real people, you're seeing what's going on, you see how hard it is to get thing here that's very easy for us here, like say you take for granted. And when you get down there, I say, oh, thanks, yeah, it's even tougher. It's absolutely true. And everything that I know to be true about the, the Brazil and what I've seen, you know, the 100% employment tax, the crazy tariffs, every house has walls, uh, the labor force, things like that. I was like, okay, you're saying that, I, I believe you, but we don't really believe it till we see it and feel it ourselves. And you go down there, you're like, oh my God, every house has walls here, huge cement walls. And some have razor wire on the top of them. You're like, yeah. coming from here, Ronnie, my friend and interpreter was here. The only thing he kept saying in Minnesota was, where's all the walls? <laughs> He's looking at my neighbor right across the field here. He's like, don't you have to protect against your neighbor? I'm like, no, that, wow, did I take that for granted? Holy cow, like that's amazing. So, oh, you see, there, you know, when you go to Brazil, one thing I don't know if you notice that every window they have, um, like this metal grid, yep, it's like an extra protection, even though the windows are locked, tops and bottom are locked, completely locked, lock inside, lock it outside, they still have those, the, those iron bars yeah. in there. And actually, even for the doors, you know, it's like, but it's just not like one place. It's like just about everywhere. And that shows, you know, um, how the things really start to, you know, how we're going to find out how things works down there. It's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful people. People are so friendly. But um, but that's that that that's been there forever, the way um, the way you're living down there. Well, and especially like we mentioned before, like when you're in Sao Paulo, I mean, legitimately, that's depending on the numbers, number four, number five, number six largest city in the world. You can't have 20 million people in one area without a whole bunch of very interesting things like that happening. Like the, the biggest it feels to me and, and like, again, I will tell people in the United States, like it feels to me like Brazil has levels of poverty that we don't even know exists. In, in Minnesota or the United States. And people will hear that and believe it, but until you see it, you you don't really understand it, you know? And that really, and that's not Brazil. I mean, that's every major metro. You go to San Francisco or New York City, yeah. you see the poverty that don't exist in Minnesota, you know, or, or other places. So it's it's great. It's great to see it. It's a marvel that it works, honestly. Like it's off to whoever keeps that going because 20 million people that close together and that there's not a civil war or, you know, some mass, it's just, it's, it's amazing. And it really makes you appreciate everything you got, everything, yeah. everything you have and you don't have. It's legitimately right. recenters you. <laughs> I mean, even if, even if, if, if I go there now, you know, um, if you will go there, you will see a couple of things that, uh, when you look at it, it said this doesn't sound right. This doesn't look right. 
um, in your mind, you're going to say, or you're going to think, this is so easy to fix. Mm. This is so easy to resolve. Why not? Right? It's something, it's like I said, something that makes no sense for you because you don't see that in Minnesota. I don't see that in Boston. And you don't see on any other uh, metropolis in the United States um, or towns, whatever. But in there, you will see a bunch of it just about everywhere. And then, you, like I say, you say, well, why don't they do this? Why they can't fix that? Mm-hmm. It's, it's something that is inexplicable. You can, you can, you can explain that, you know. And I, I, I definitely don't want to focus. I mean, I, I, I feel foolish even telling you that it's a magical place, right? Because it's you know a little more about it than I ever will. But yeah. legitimately, like in all the places I've seen, it is truly amazing. My, my trip culminated with, you know, Juliano Alcantara, arguably one of the most popular painters, way more popular than if you combine you and me, Mauro. Is that right? guy that everybody looks to and he personally went on all these trips with me and he invited me to his new construction job site yeah. seaside in in the rainforest and when we spent the day working together and then yeah. they made the chuhasco out back that day that was just like i felt like i was exactly at home in minnesota just like my dad raised me on construction sites and it's yeah. like the food was way better because all we had was like bologna sandwiches when i was a kid but like honestly <laughs> And cold, and cold. And cold, exactly. <laughs> Unless they sat on the dashboard of your truck and heated up all morning in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> but legitimately, I felt, I, so running a business here, I get a different feeling than when I'm in the tools and everything on the job site or when I was learning the trade. That brought me back 20 years in this trade to those job sites. And I was learning new things and I was having lunch with all the people on the site. And it's like, that is a feeling I haven't touched in two decades, and it's one I won't forget. And man, it was it was magical. It was. I awesome. know it's something. It's something when you get there, you like you're going back in time, <laughs> right? And for some reason, yeah. When I so when I arrived there, I say this is you know it's like you're going back. Time. It looks like nothing changed since I left. But I mean, Incredible. but it's like it's it's just like that, you know. And, and I mean, but you have to see it for you. Um, to understand, and every time you go there, uh, it might be a slight different from the last time. Yeah. But when you come back here, you're gonna be so much appreciative for what you have and what's the, what access for things that we have here, uh, which makes it's all in order to make life easier and, and move ahead. Uh, listen, I think every, and I've I've only touched it twice for very short periods, and I legitimately run my business and arguably run my family differently from what I've seen and done. And that's only the first other country that I've been to. It really makes you curious. Like there's the rest of the world out there. And if every painter in the United States went and touched their industry outside of the United States, I think we would all come back refreshed, refocused. And we would think about everything we do differently. And I think- I think you coming from Brazil and having that uh, deeply ingrained inside you, what a competitive advantage that's ingrained in you. There's a lot of people who come here who haven't been brought up for 30 years in the trades in Minnesota in the same area. And if we could broaden those horizons like that, it makes you think about everything different. Everything <sighs> if, if you get like a, um, uh, if you next time you go, if you bring like a couple of, of your painters there, you know, and show them the, you know, how things get down there. It's kind of a tough, but I mean, it's getting done um, 
with the, the best quality that they can have done things down there with the uh, accessibility of tools and uh, and the, the, the work manners um, is, is kind of uh, uh, when you come back here, you say, whoa, I think I can do a little better than that. Yeah, you you would you can certainly be a little more curious and happy about your trade. You know, because we have the opportunity to practice it however, whenever we want. If you didn't have that, you would appreciate it a hell of a lot more. <laughs> well, it's like, let's put it this way. Let's go back like a, a few years back when we start pin business. We could, um, most of the work was done by brush, uh, painting brushes and rollers. You know, yep. we didn't use much sprayer uh, back then. I mean, there was some there, but I mean, um it's like when you go back there, there's it's still doing the same way like we did here 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's true. It's like it's the harder way. It takes a little more time, but you know that's that's the way things work down south. And when you come back here, you're gonna say, "Whoa, I I can do better than that." But I mean, you're doing as much as you can. But I say you still wants to get ahead. Say, "Oh, I can correct a few things." Mm -hmm. And. and well, Morrow is, I mean, we, God, I could talk to you all day, man. <laughs> but we also, we also have families. So is I there know. anything that we should have talked about that we did not talk about? Yeah. Um, I think we got a lot going. I, got, I think we talk about a lot of important things. Um, I, can't, I can't say anything that, uh, what things that we, we should talk and we didn't talk about. I mean, unless you have something, I think we got all the topics. I think that was a beautiful, healthy conversation, exchange information. And uh, we'll talk about the two different countries, two different ways to do work, um, two different uh, work ethics. Um, I think I think we did it. I think it got all the topics going nice, you know, bringing in the information for the people that people has no idea how uh, what we get here, what uh, we can have down south there. Um, I think that was a great, great information makes, uh, make us more appreciate more what we have. Um, because in my, my opinion, I think we have a great access to everything that the world best has to offer. And we get right here, you know, not, yeah. not even in the quality of paint tools, but paint itself, paint materials. And, uh, you saw the, the numbers when you try to get a gallon of paint or a five gallon of paint down there is like. It's like really, really crippling. What's <laughs> that? But I think, yeah, I think people have some information. Um, what what we talk here today is, you know, it's it's a learning, it's a learning lesson. Well, Maro, thank you for this time, and thank you for being flexible with the show time and date. And also, I speak for every painter in the United States. We're rooting for you, man. It's this old house. You're the this old house painter. Like you are the flagship when, when you are the trusted source of this. And we thank oh, you for everything you do. We thank you for representing us well, because my God, Maro, if there was somebody who did not do it your way as a pro, we would be so heartbroken that this old house is not doing it that way. So thank you for doing what you do with them. No, I appreciate. I appreciate Nick. Thank you very much. All the respect, all the respect for all the painters out there and for you that be showing uh, uh, us as we learn with you every day, every minute uh, is a learning lesson for every single one of us. So me doing what I do, you doing what I do, all the Brazilian painters out there, you know, um, all my heart for them. And uh, and there's a great thing that you're there. 
um, because as far as I, I know, I remember, I never saw anybody from here to go there um, and, and learn how things are getting done down there. And, yeah. and plus, bringing some of your expertise and, and, and then just giving people tips down there. You know, I, I guess they, they are very appreciative um, that you are there. And yeah. all, like, that all I heard is like, you know, when is when Nick's coming back? When is Nick coming back with the more information and, and see um, what we learned from him the last time he was here? So it was a great thing, dude. It was a great thing. It was great. This, is, this is only a start. And I feel like we have to incorporate Mauro and all my other Brazilians in the United States the next time. Because, listen, I'm, I'm getting more and more uncomfortable as the spokesperson for this whole Brazilian-United States match when there's way people way more qualified who can also speak Portuguese that can do this. So I feel like this is only the start. And legitimately, I got 40 or 50 more years. I feel like this is how many years I have 40 or 50 more years to, to, to build this stuff. And I feel like a lot can be done in this time to join up these two trades from two different countries. Yeah. And we, we can learn. We have so much to learn from the Brazilian painters and them from us. So I, I think we're only going to better. Yeah, we're only going to get better because of this. It's only the start. So I think I think it's a beautiful um, um I think that you're starting to initiate that because you exchanging information, different cultures, and uh, different knowledge, or uh, and and that that's going to be. I, I think that's only can grow a lot um, uh, by doing what you do. I, I honestly, you're the first one that I see doing it, and, and and I have all the respect. I think that's a beautiful thing that we can learn from a both side of the, the world how things gets done in our ward, which is painting. So, Well, listen, coming from you, man, it means a lot. And uh, I, we, we are very proud of what you're doing. Thank you for this. Thank you for being on the show and have some, uh, we're, we're thankful. We're thankful. It's a Thanksgiving weekend. We're, we're thankful for a lot of stuff. So Mauro, thank you for thank all this. You, yeah. Thank you, and, Nick. Um, anytime. And let me know. Hey, care, remember, careful what you offer, Mauro, because <laughs> I don't know how to get a hold of you. I got your cell phone number and no, that is no. your problem sometimes. You will probably regret when you gave that to me. <laughs> no, that, that's something that, that now that you got vaccinated with the Brazilian way, I think you're not going to get the estate too long without getting there. So uh, I agree, um, man. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I really appreciate that and the chance to be talking to you guys and all the, all the painters out there. Uh, is perfect. I think there's no more secrets out there to uh, for what we do. Uh, we learn from each other. You know, I learn tips everywhere from maybe a lot of people, a lot of painters, different painters that I, I said, whoa, that's a good way to do things. It's it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing. No, thank you for that, Mauro. And uh, thank you, everybody, for watching the Ask a Painter live show. And uh, please, I know that me and my family, a tradition is watching this old house on the couch, especially when it gets cold and snowy. Yeah. yeah. Mauro, you know we'll be fist pumping from the couch when the painting segments come on. So thank you, man. And have That'd a good nice. weekend. <laughs> that would be great, Nick. All right. Always a pleasure, man. Always a pleasure. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and is made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPaintEd.org.